Today is the 9th of February 2018. It's Friday. Last night, Sayadaw told the sequence of the persons or beings we have to cultivate metaphor. This happens in the frame of the Metta Meditation Retreat at the Cham Yim Yain Meditation Center. Metta Diyagu Sanya Aunti Bamya Lure Bhagwa Adi Kona Maniya Bhyogare Bhagwa so those persons who want to cultivate metta in order to attain the jhanas, the absorptions, they have to develop metta in the sequence that Sayadaw uh, explained last night, the sequence of seven categories. Uh. So, for example, when we cultivate metta, loving-kindness, for a person we respect or a benefactor, then we have to do this until the metta becomes really strong, until it becomes really powerful. So then, when the concentration based on the metta practice has become very good, only then should one proceed to the next category of persons. So it could also mean that one just cultivates metta for one person for ten days. But however, this meta retreat is only 14 days, and because Sayadaw wants that you uh, cultivate metta for all persons or beings in the seven categories. So that's why he cannot uh, have you stay with one person or one category for one week or ten days. So, 
So if we want to develop a really strong concentration based on the metta practice, then that would need uh, about a month or even two months to establish such a good and deep concentration. So all that Sayadaw can do is to explain how to cultivate metta. He can explain you the method of the metta meditation practice, but then uh, you would need one month or two months. So now, Saito will explain to those yogis uh, or in, in the method that um, that one uh, cultivates metta in order to attain the jhana. At the beginning of the practice, there are certain persons one should not cultivate metta for. So at the start of the metta practice, one should not cultivate metta for number one is a person one hates. So, a person uh, one hates, so there is hate for this person, and also at the beginning of the meta practice, the metta is not yet strong. So if one were to take a hated person at the outset of one's practice, then instead of metta, uh, there would only arise dosa, all forms of anger, in one's mind. So for people or meditators who want to cultivate metta in order to attain the jhanas, they should not start the metta meditation practice with the person they hate. However, later on, when the metta has become strong, then it will be possible to develop metta for a hated person. Um, when the metta has become really strong and powerful, at that time one can develop metta for any person, be it a person one hates or be it an enemy. So at that time, it is possible to cultivate loving-kindness 
without anger or ill will or hatred arising. Then the second kind of person, one should not develop metaphor at the beginning of the meta practice, is a person uh, who is very dear to one, like a very dear person, a very close person, a person one loves very much. Because at the outset, outset of one's metta practice, metta is not yet strong. And so if one would cultivate metta for a person one loves very much or a person who one feels very close to, then instead of metta, there would lust and attachment arise, raga and tanha. And then the third person one should not cultivate metaphor at the beginning of one's metta practice is a, a neutral person, a person one neither loves nor hates. So if one were to take a neutral person at the beginning of one's practice, then beca uh, because metta is not yet strong, then it would be uh, rather difficult to develop metta for this neutral person. And then the fourth kind of if one were to take an enemy at the beginning of one's metta practice, then instead of metta, uh, there would arise uh, dosa, anger, hatred, ill will. So these are the kind of persons one should not take as one's object for the metta practice in the beginning. So one should avoid these persons. And then for people, meditators who want to develop metta to attain the jhanas, there is another kind of person one should not take at the beginning of one's practice. And this kind of person is a person from the opposite sex. 
So a person who wants to develop metta to attain the jhanas, if a person then takes uh, another person of the opposite sex as one's object of metta meditation, then because one's metta is still weak, then instead of um, metta, there would arise uh, craving, lust, and attachment. And this means men should not take a woman as the object, and women should not take a man as the object. In regard to this instruction, there is an example mentioned in the Visuddhi Maka, which happened in Sri Lanka. So, at one time, there was a man in Sri Lanka, and uh, he had the habit of, or he, he took interest in the cultivation of metta meditation. And one day, when a monk passed in front of his house uh, for arms round, he approached the monk and said, uh, Venerable, I'd like to practice metta meditation. Um, for whom should I start to cultivate metta? And so then the monk replied, um, take a person you, you love very much for your metta meditation practice. So then, <coughs> when the monk had left, the man reflected who was the most, who was the person he loved most in this world. And uh, he came to realize that this was his wife. And so then he started to develop metta for his wife. He cultivated metta for his wife with the wish, may my wife be well, happy, and peaceful. May my wife be well, happy, and peaceful. And as he was cultivating metta, then instead of um, a genuine uh, metta, there arose craving and lust 
Tanha and Raga in his mind. So when he was um, practicing metta, metta meditation, so then he and his wife, they stayed in two different rooms. And so then, when uh, lust and craving arose in the man's mind, uh, at night he could not sleep. So he got up and he uh, then knocked on the door of the room where his wife was sleeping. And he banged his head on the door. So if one takes a person at the beginning of one's metta practice, one should not take at the beginning, then this can be the outcome, this can be the suffering that um, follows. However, last week, one meditator reported uh, something in the interview to Sayado. Uh, the meditator said, um, I was uh, developing metta while walking on the forest path. And the practice went very well and the metta was quite strong. And I felt very light in both body and mind. It even felt as if there were no body. And as he was uh, practicing metta in this way, on the forest path, um, his wife came also along the forest path. And he said, when he noticed that this person was his wife, his metta did not disappear. There was no craving or lust arising in his mind, but instead his metta was still flowing and uh, strong. And when he was cultivating metta for his wife, there was only metta arising in his heart and mind. He said there was no lust, no craving, no attachment arising. Mm-hmm. 
So the instruction that one should not cultivate metta for a person of the opposite sex at the beginning of one's practice is meant for yeah, the beginning of one's practice when one's metta is not yet strong. However, after practicing for some time and when the metta has become really strong, then uh, there is no problem or one can uh, cultivate metta for a person of the opposite sex without the defilements or uh, the kilesas uh, such as craving and lust arising. And now Sayato will explain um, about those persons for whom one should not cultivate metta. So a person for whom one should absolutely not cultivate metta is a person who has died. Um, also here there is an example mentioned in the Visuddhimaka. So, in Sri Lanka at one time, one monk was practicing metta meditation. And he was practicing metta for his preceptor. He developed metta for his preceptor with the wish, may my preceptor be well, happy, and peaceful. May my preceptor be well, happy, and peaceful. And although he practiced diligently and sincerely, he could not uh, develop concentration based on the metta practice. So although he he did his best in the practice, he tried um or he practiced very diligently. He simply could not uh, attain any concentration. And so with that, he went to uh, a monk who was learned, and he approached him and he said to him, uh, I am practicing metta meditation, but I am not able to develop concentration based on the metta practice. So then that monk um, asked uh, him, 
For whom are you developing metta? And then the monk replied, I am developing metta for my preceptor. And then the teacher said, well, in this case, please make some inquiries about your preceptor. And when the monk made some inquiries about his preceptor, he learned that his preceptor had died. Then the monk went back to the teacher and he said, I have made inquiries and I have found out that my preceptor had died. And so then the teacher said, well, yes, that's why you are not able to develop concentration based on the metta practice. So this story illustrates the point that if one develops metta for a person who has died, one cannot uh, develop concentration based on the metta practice. When it is said, um, one should not take a person who has died, so this means or this refers to the person in this life who has died, who is not alive anymore. However, if one would incline the mind to the being that has been reborn, then one can cultivate metta for that being in some existence or another. So, in order to cultivate metta, to attain the jhanas, the absorptions, these are the points of the persons um, we should avoid. When we want to develop metta in order to attain the jhanas, then the metta wishes or the metta phrases, they should be short. They should not consist of many words, only few words. If one takes long sentences consisting of many words for cultivating metta in order to attain the jhana, then it will take a very long time to develop concentration. So, 
However, if we have a meta wish, a meta phrase which is short, consisting of few words, short and to the point, then one is able to quickly gain concentration. And also the, the nature of metta will arise quickly. Another point is when one uses this meta wish, meta phrase, it should be in a language one understands very well. If one um, recites these meta wishes in a language one does not understand, then first of all the mind will not be so interested in the cultivation of loving kindness and it will um, also the, the, the quality of one's metta will not be very strong and also the concentration will not become very deep. When we uh, recite these metta wishes in a language we understand very well, then uh, the mind is interested in the practice and then the quality of metta uh, develops and becomes strong and also development at also concentration develops quickly. And when reciting these meta wishes, one should at the same time reflect upon the meaning of these words. However, when the concentration has become very good, then there is no more need to deeply reflect on the meaning of the words. However, at times, when there are many thoughts coming into the mind or at times when there are many defilements, kilesas coming into the mind or at times when one feels bored or at times when one feels sleepy, at that time one should make a point to reflect on the meaning of these metta wishes. And 
Sometimes it happens that meditators um, notice that they are simply reciting the words, the metta wishes. However, there is no metta present. And at such a moment or such a time, then meditators should uh, reflect on the meaning of the words. So for example, if we uh, wish, may my teacher be well, so then we should reflect that may he be well, this means may the teacher be free from sickness, may he be free from pain or unpleasant sensations. And then the wish may my teacher be happy and peaceful. So happy and peaceful refers to the mind, meaning may my teacher be free from worries, may he be free from defilements, starting with loba, all forms of greed, dosa, forms of anger, and so on. So really wishing one's teacher um, to be happy and have a peaceful mind. And another point to take notice of is when you cultivate metta, please do it uh, thoroughly. Do not do it superficially. If one does it uh, lightly and superficially, then um, metta will not really uh, become strong and also the concentration based on the metta practice will not really develop. Only when one develops metta thoroughly, then the metta will arise and become strong, and at the same time, one's concentration will deepen. Now, so then, um, when we choose a person as the object of our meditation, then we should um, reflect, think about, and then choose one person. So then, for example, if we uh, want to cultivate metta for a teacher, then 
we choose one teacher and we stick to this teacher. Um, then we incline our mind towards this teacher, we direct our mind towards that teacher. So then um, we incline our mind, our heart towards the teacher and that's enough. Um, it doesn't matter whether a mental image of this teacher appears in our mind or not. So that's not the main point to have a mental image of the teacher. That's not needed. Some meditators report that, for example, when cultivating metta for a teacher, that they, mm, they create an image of the teacher in their mind and then cultivate metta for this teacher. So there is no need to create a mental image uh, in one's mind of the teacher. So there are many places in the scriptures um, that talk about the metta meditation practice, for example, also the metta sutta. And in the scriptures, it's basically said that, for example, one should cultivate loving kindness to all beings in the East. So cultivating metta for all beings in the East. But it's nowhere said in the scriptures that one should create a mental image of the person or beings who are the object of one's metta meditation. Or, for example, if one cultivates metta for all beings in the West, then one should incline one's mind, one's heart to the West and uh, develop metta for these beings in the West. It can also be with the uh, wishes in Pali, Sabesata Avira Hontu, Sabesata Abhyapacha Hontu, Sabesata Anika Hontu, Sabesata Sukhiyatanang Pariharantu. So 
so it's not said in the scriptures that one needed to create a mental image of these beings. And in this regard, with these beings, it's actually impossible to have a mental image. So, for example, metaphor all beings in the West, in the Western direction, how would you um, create a mental image of all beings in the West? So there are many beings um, you have never seen. There are many beings in many places you have never been. So how would you be able to create a mental image of all these beings? Or else, if you develop metta for the devas, wishing may all devas be well, happy and peaceful, may all devas be well, happy and peaceful, so how would you create a mental image of a deva or the devas? Have you seen a deva? So that's why um, we do not need to create a mental image of the person or being who is the object of our meta-meditation. What is needed is to cultivate this benevolent wish for the welfare and happiness of the other person or being. However, sometimes it can happen that the mental image of a person pops up in our mind especially to persons we know very well, persons we feel very close to. And so when that happens, when a mental image of the person who is the object of your meta-meditation appears in your mind, at that time do not pay much attention to the mental image, but rather um, continue to cultivate this meta-wish for the other person, to wish him or her to be really well, happy, and peaceful. If uh, one would pay attention to the mental image of the person that has appeared in, appeared in one's mind, then um, one's metta would decrease and one's concentration would weaken. So the 
the person who is the object of your metta meditation may appear in your mind as a mental image. You may see this person smiling. Um, but then when you pay attention to this mental image, then um, metta uh, will weaken or sometimes then it completely disappears. So if one pays attention to the mental image, if one takes that as the object, then the metta will become weaker or even completely disappear. Then sometimes what also can happen is that if one continues to develop metta continuously without any interruption, then it can happen that this mental image which had appeared um, suddenly disappears. And this happens because one had been paying attention to the cultivation of metta, the cultivation of the metta quality, and that's why then the mental image disappears. So these are difficulties that can be encountered by metta meditation meditators. So um, a mental image may weaken one's metta or make it disappear or when one continues to cultivate metta and the metta is strong, then the mental image disappears by itself. So really be careful that you do not pay attention to the mental image uh, which may arise because this can weaken the metta or make it disappear altogether. So be careful that you uh, develop metta continuously without any gaps, without any interruptions, and practicing in this way, the metta becoming stronger than the mental image which, which has this appeared then may suddenly disappear, which is perfectly fine. So when one continues to cultivate the metta and with that the concentration becomes very deep, then as I just said, the mental image uh, disappears. And then what is left is just this very strong 
and powerful metta, loving kindness or benevolence. So what is needed is to simply continue to develop metta, to make the metta even stronger, to make it even more powerful, whether or not a mental image appears. So, um, cultivating metta for a teacher, for example, wishing, may my teacher be well, happy, and peaceful. So, by repeatedly cultivating this wish, we want to make the metta really strong and powerful. So when we talk of metta meditation or cultivating metta, in Pali this is called metta bhavana. Adima metta bhavana lube pare dantana bhavana so it says or it's called metta bhavana it's not called santana bhavana metta bhavana means to develop and cultivate this uh, quality of metta in one's heart and mind so it's not said that one um, must create uh, a mental image in one's mind and heart. It's not said that one must try to have um, a mental image in one's mind. It only says one should incline one's mind towards the teacher and then uh, cultivate, uh, develop metta for this person. So this is something you should be especially careful about. So especially for people who have practiced Vipassana meditation, who have um, experienced meditators in Vipassana meditation, um, in that practice in the Vipassana meditation, it's about mental and physical phenomena, to be mindful of all um, mental and physical processes that are happening in body and mind. So there it's to um, be mindful of these um, mental and physical processes in order to understand. So it's not about um, 
creating a mental image. Daja Meda Bware Yogi Bhagua Bundarangu Bobo Kayumadai Bane Meda Zay and for metta meditators, whether or not a mental image appears in one's metta meditation, uh, one does not need pay, uh, one does not need to pay attention to this. But what is needed is to cultivate loving kindness uh, uninterruptedly and without any break. ကိုယ်ရဲ့ဘီတော့ဆရာ Another point um, to be careful about is, let's say, you are cultivating metta for a teacher. May my teacher be well, happy, and peaceful. And once you have chosen the teacher, you should stick with this one teacher, even though other teachers may appear in your mind. If that happens, then you should not uh, go to a second teacher or to a third teacher to cultivate metta, but you stay with the one teacher you have chosen and you simply ignore or put the other teachers away who might appear in your mind. <laughs> So especially when some degree of concentration has been developed, this can happen or can frequently happen that other teachers also pop up in the mind. So, <coughs> when concentration has developed to a certain degree through one's metta practice, then this can happen that um, besides the person when one has chosen as the object of one's metta meditation practice, other people appear in one's mind. This can be another teacher, it can be one's mother, can be a friend or any other person. But when that happens, one should say kind of, yeah, yeah, I will cultivate metta for you later, not now. <laughs> Because the objects for one's metta meditation uh, are many. There are many people, many beings. Because 
Um, later on in one's practice when the concentration has become really deep through the practice of metta meditation then because of that very deep concentration the mind um, will stay with the chosen person for one's metta meditation at such a time then um, other people, other beings will not pop up in one's mind, so the mind will not go there, but stay with the one chosen person because one's uh, concentration is so deep. If at the beginning of one's metta meditation practice one would uh, cultivate metta for all these persons, beings who appear in one's mind, then it would take a long time to develop concentration. If one chooses just one person, one being, at the outset of one's metta practice and then repeatedly cultivates metta for this one person, in this way one's concentration will develop quickly. So yesterday instructed the new yogis to cultivate metta for themselves and also cultivate metta for a respected person or a benefactor. Sayadaw said that first of all, half an hour you should cultivate metta for yourself and then the next half an hour you should develop metta for the respected person. So now you can mm, reflect or notice um, for whom of these two persons is it better to cultivate metta? Is it easier to develop metta when you cultivate it for yourself? Or is it easier when you develop metta for the respected person? That's and good. if you find that it is easier for one of these two persons, then you can spend more time for the person for whom it's 
So if it's easier for yourself, then you spend more time to develop metta for yourself. If it's easier to develop metta for the respected person or benefactor, then you can spend more time to develop metta for that benefactor. So here you have to uh, see and adjust the practice for yourself. So, Saito has noticed that some, for some meditators, it's easier to cultivate metta for themselves. However, for other meditators, it's easier to cultivate metta for a respected person. Some meditators have reported to Sayadaw, it's not possible to develop metta for myself because I really hate myself. So, Sayadaw says, I love myself. How come that some meditators, some people hate themselves? That's why, please check for yourself for which of these per- two persons it's easier to cultivate metta and then pick the person for whom it's easier to develop metta and spend more time uh, for the uh, spend more time with that person so the instruction that Sayadaw has given has been to do metta for yourself and for the respected person in the sitting meditation as well as in the walking meditation and during general activities like eating or other activities, during that time you should develop metta for all living beings. And the instruction for the old yogis is to continue with the cultivation of metta for the beings in the ten directions. So may all of you, through the practice of metta meditation, become virtuous people being filled with happiness in both body and mind. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu.